Welcome to the Jerry T Podcast. I'm Jerry Thompson, joined by Dave Shields, and it is tournament time. We have SCG Pittsburgh this weekend. I'm going, you're not going. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I wish it was a we, but unfortunately, you're uh, flying. I'm not going to say solo, but without me this time. Yeah, and I found out today, no coverage, uh, no Honorog is going to be there. And no backpack stream? I don't know if Corey B in the backpack stream is going to be there. Uh, I I should have had an opportunity to ask him because I was at a wedding last weekend of a magic player where that Corey was invited to, but he didn't show up. So throwing a little shade his way. Yeah, a little bit of a flake, but he does have a pregnant girlfriend. So I think that gives him a pass. Listen, I left the morning of the wedding and he was streaming. It's fair. You can support your girlfriend from the from the uh, you know, comfort of your own basement. So I'm not going to say it's a pass or whatever. I'm just saying there's the potential of valid reasoning here. Yeah. And I I think he he like O2 to challenge and then was like, oh, I got to kill some time because I don't want to end the stream this early. And it's like, oh, man, if only you had something that you could go to, you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, before we get into that, uh, we we set the stage for this this qualifier that happened on Magic Online last Sunday that I need to grind some QPs for. And I did. At least I thought. Uh, I went 3-1 and I got 20. And then I just rested on my laurels without checking my total. And then I had 38. Ugh. And entry was 40. But I got stuck at the wedding anyway. So it wouldn't have mattered. Listen, 20 for a 3-1 is a lot. It is a lot. So. It's massive. Which means to get the other two, all I have to do is just enter, man. I just yeah. don't even have to do anything. It's a comedy of errors, right? You weren't back in time. You didn't actually have enough QPs when you thought. I tried to convince you you didn't even need QPs to begin with, right? Yeah. So uh, I, it was never meant to be. Yeah, no matter what, I was not set to play in this tournament, it seems like. So whatever. And then Nassif top-aided with some uh, some boom-bust deck. Did you see this? I, I was peeking at it, and I actually looked at it. I didn't realize it was Nassif when I was looking at it, though. Oh, yeah. Bob the dog is Nassif, and he was streaming it. Exciting. Exciting. And al um, also comically, he, he got paired against Strosky in the top eight. And, you know, Strosky, who has retired many times, is currently retired right now. At least according to him. And Nassif scooped to him and then played for content or whatever and then got smashed because Strosky is smart and was playing scam. And then yeah. I believe, uh, yeah, Strosky got second. So has an invite to an RC. So that kid, man. Listen, if if this is what being retired means, I want to retire. Yeah, you've you've been retired, I think, like top eight of your last three tournaments in a row, you know. Yeah, but I don't I don't claim for a second even like mentally to be retired. Well apparently that's what you have to do if you want to go go on a heater, get requalified or whatever. Yeah. So I guess I guess post... it helps to have like a pretty absurd amount of talent to begin with. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I I think that you and Strosky are are pretty similar. Our resumes would not suggest that. Well, yeah, but like, I think he went pretty hard on Magic when he was fifteen and stayed there for a while. You know, fair. So I don't know, but uh, maybe your first tweet before the RC in Denver is talking about how it's going to be your last tournament. 
Maybe if I really want to win it. Yeah, to just really give yourself that boost, give yourself the power. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, no challenge for me or no qualifier for me, but that's all right. I what think. did we do? What how, What did we play to get our QPs? Uh, I played a sixty card version of Tristan Wild Larue's uh, Cascade Beanstalk deck, so no Fury and some counter spells. Bant Beans. Kinda. I mean, I definitely had red and black cards in there. Yeah, sure, but flavorfully, this is how I imagine it. Yeah. Uh, it, it was solid. I lost the scam, but it was close, and I learned some stuff about the matchup, and uh, learned, I don't know, basically what my sideboard plan should be, and that entailed having another two cards in my sideboard for the matchup. So and Answers to scam threats, or will, will we get there later? Uh, we can get there later. That's fine. But uh, it was it was good. I think taking what I learned from last week with the Jace plan and then seeing where else I could apply that, and I, I think in, in Tristan's deck, it, it's a good place for that. Uh, and then that sort of incentivizes you to only play 60 cards, whereas Tristan was playing 70 before. And... Yeah, you just you got yourself a legit plan of like I want to deck myself and cast this Jason win the game, uh, and then you just need to not die in the meantime. Yeah, I think the Jace plan is very real, and I'm surprised it has not caught on more yet. And it's certainly something I would expect to pick up traction, and would be surprised if it doesn't. I would too. I mean, it definitely showed up in enough spots on Magic Online that it was worth considering, but it was in decks that basically just had it as an afterthought. Or it was like Solitude, Fury, uh, you know, the normal stuff, but like no time warps or whatever. And then it was like, oh, a Jace just in case, but it was not the the primary game plan. Yeah. And I listen, I think even when you have it in your deck, it's not necessarily the primary game plan. It might become plan A at some point in the game, depending on the way it plays out, but... I think that it's least. the easiest way to win the game. So it is yeah. it is kind of I don't know, at least the way I've been playing it, it's it's kind of the primary, but the plan against scam is is to board out the Jace, I think. Okay. For whatever you, that's worth. Yeah, and I probably only have ten matches under my belt with the Jace in the deck, right? But Yeah, so uh I am taking a train into DC on Thursday afternoon. Josh Joe is going to pick me up. We're going to drive to Pittsburgh. We are staying uh, about eight miles away from the site because all the hotels were super expensive, even like a month and a half ago when I looked. And then there is a, a plethora of tournaments over the weekend. On Friday, there is a modern 5K that starts at 1 p.m. Oh, a Friday 5K. Friday 5K. And... Josh Cho is a man with responsibilities and a real job and a family. And I was able to twist his arm and convince him to take off Fridays so I could play in this 5K. Listen, from what I know about Josh Cho too, though, he's a gamer. He is a gamer, but he's been satiating that lately with World of Warcraft. Oh, brutal. So I am i don't know how, how badly he like needs this weekend, you know, like... Back in the day when he was working, he was just like, dude, I got to get out and play Magic, you know, because catching Pokemon on my phone or whatever is not really <laughs> scratching that itch for me, you know? Yeah. 
it's funny because I would have imagined he was the one twisting your arm to go out and play Friday. And I think the last event you all went to, that was more the case. Uh, that might be true. I don't know when the last thing that he and I went to was, I mean, it was maybe the, that the RCQ with The one Yori that comes to mind was the, the pre-release Star City one. The team sealed? Oh, no. Yeah. No, there, there was the one in, that was like Baltimore, I think. Yeah, there was a, a 10K or something of that nature on release weekend. Yeah, there was a sealed on Friday and then modern on Saturday. Yeah. And, and he wanted to play the sealed. Yeah, he talked you into going on Friday, which is the story I remember and I'm equating this to, but roles were flipped. No, you're right. You're right. I think that is the last one. And then he top eight of the sealed thing. So, yeah. So maybe this time is your turn. Well, so 5K, but probably a one slaughter. Oh, yeah, let me check. Uh, it is a one slaughter, yes. God, it's not easy. That's right. Uh, just just win, right? Yeah. Easy. Yeah, especially uh, when you, you know, you only have to make the top eight of the top four to win, but you probably won't be as lucky as I was. We'll see. Um, Saturday, modern 10K, two slaughter. Exciting. Okay. Uh, also, a CEDH 5K. I'm mostly... Mentioning that just for, I don't know, sake of completion or whatever. This is not something I have any plans on playing in. I could be um, convinced, but I have never dabbled. And then Sunday, 9 a.m., Modern 5K, one slaughter. 9.30 a.m., Legacy 5K, zero slaughter. <sighs> Brutal. It's okay. You don't have a Legacy deck still. It's true. I don't. <laughs> I don't. So you, and, you get... You get three di- three rolls then, three bullets. I got I got three rolls. Um, we're gonna see how it goes. So so here's here's the situation. I have my cards. Josh Joe has limited limited cards. He has some standard cards. Okay. Uh, also has not been playing modern or been paying attention to modern. So naturally, I'm giving him the good deck. I'm giving him scam. Surprised to no one. Well, we kind of established this already. But if there's ever a point where he's just like, you know what? I'm not feeling it today or whatever. I'm playing scam. If you had every card or two copies of every deck, you would be scamming? Uh, At least in some of the events, yeah. Fair. Yeah, I guess that's fair for like from like an endurance perspective. You just like get more downtime when you're playing scam. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, It's like sprint, break, sprint, break. Right. So my my second deck is going to be a beans deck, and it may be an offshoot of what I was talking about earlier. Partly because I do think it's decent, although basically I think that the counter spells help in your bad matchups, but maybe are not conducive for being like the best possible version of that deck. Like I think Fury would would make the deck much better against the field as a whole, but I don't really want to buy four more Furies. Yeah, four is already a lot of Furies to own, so eight is a very big number. It's a lot, and I I think Josh would be willing to buy them, but then it's just like, all right, man, you own four Furies. Like, <laughs> what are you what are you gonna do with those? You know? Yeah, his luck they'll get banned or something. Yeah, exactly. So I might as well eat that. Uh but. My plan, I think, is to play the Friday one 
And if I'm like, wow, this deck is terrible or like this format, uh, like the the metagame, at least for the the localness of, of Pittsburgh and whatnot, if I'm just like, oh, we need Fury so bad, like I'm going to bring extra cards with me to potentially rebuild it and like buy four Furies and we'll see. I like it. Fury's like $50 or something crazy too. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. cheap. Uh when I when I bought my 4, they were like 20. Yeah. Which probably felt like a lot at the time. No, cuz I I I always thought the Fury was like the best one. Oh, interesting. Whether or not I was right or, you know, even I'm still right now. Who knows, well, right? I guess but it was like, kind of in the running, right? Solitude, I think, was the front runner when they first came out, but Fury was a close second, right? Grief and Solid or Grief and um, Grief people were sleeping on a little until Scam. It, Solitude had a lot of obvious homes, whereas Grief and Fury did not. But like, obviously, the thing that people wanted to do was like Ephemerate Grief. That was the thing that like Grief was the first card spoiled or whatever. And that was what everyone wanted to do. And then people tried the decks and they're like, oh, these are really bad. Yeah, it took a while. But it it did take a while, you know. It, it took some uh, people sleeving up like blightning and other assorted things until they they figured out the correct uh, pile of cards, and you know, Bowmaster getting printed. Like, imagine if Bowmaster was not around. It's just like, what what cards are you playing in those four slots? It is just like random crap, you know. Yeah, I think people were playing Blood Tithe Harvester at one point, which is just kind of like crazy to think about now. Yeah, I mean it is it is both colors. It does it does pitch. Works okay with undying stuff, I guess. Yeah, kill small creatures kind of like what Bowmaster does, just not nearly as well. Yeah. And then I was thinking about you know, maybe maybe if I just didn't want to play beans at all and and show like you know, wins on Friday and he's like this deck's cracked. I'm addicted. I can't stop playing it. You're never going to get it back from me. I I just be like, "Okay, you know, what What else do I want to be doing? What else do I want to be playing? And I, I couldn't think of anything. So I think I'm just like beans all the way, man. Yeah. Well, listen, if he wins the tournament the first day, he's buying four Furies of his own if he wants to play again. That's fair. I mean, I, I still think it depends on whether or not I want them. I'm not going to make him buy them <laughs> if I'm not going to play them, you know? Well, sure. But if he has an RC invite and you don't, he's not allowed to hijack the good deck. I'm uh, allowed. Yeah. I'll totally tolerate you sacrificing your own self-interest for him if you're both on equal grounds from a qualification perspective. That's fair. I think I think if he does win, I am at the very least entitled for it on Saturday. Yeah. And I'll just make him play this beans nonsense. Yeah. It's hilarious that we're talking about you being entitled to play with your own cards, but yeah, regardless. Uh, them's the rules, man. I don't make yeah. the rules. You 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 literally do, but <laughs> I just follow him, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like looking at the the modern metagame, like Yogmoth, no, Rhinos, no, Amulet, no, Tron. I mean, maybe, maybe, but no, Burn, Murktide, Scales. I I I would I would do some Scales. I ain't got any of these cards though. Yeah, that's the hard part with scales and a few of these other decks that I would be like open to playing is that like they're just full of a ton of really obscure cards that I both don't own and would never use again. So it's like a pretty big investment to like do something like that. Let's see. I have I have hangerbacks probably somewhere. I might have some ballistas. If I do, they're probably foil, but I might have sold those. I don't know. 
I mean, that card's really expensive too. They're like 15 or $20 or something crazy. Oh, well, 20 is honestly not that bad when we're talking about $50 Furies. Fair, fair. Uh, I mean, Zabaz, I do not have, but that is like 30 cents or something. So whatever. Yeah. I told you I've been slowly piecing together a Tron deck that just sits on my desk. And there's a couple of RCQs in my area. And I've been like piecing it back together to give to friends and finally finished it and been goldfishing it for the last few days. And I've been enjoying myself. Yeah. I saw a list that didn't do particularly well, but I, I was kind of enamored with, which is uh, the only creatures are generous Ents. And then because you're always land cycling or always able to land cycle, the deck also played four explorers. And then because you're getting the extra land drop, assuming you have Natty Tron, you're going to have eight man on turn three. So then it was also playing a bunch of Ugins. Yeah, it sounds a little fancy. It is very fancy. But searching, I liked it. Searching for forests is not exactly where I want to be. Oh, I know. I know. But Same. I, I guess in a world where a 5-7 reach is pretty good, and, and maybe we live in a world where that's true. Um, Dude, it's, it's basically Thrag Tusk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm, I'm still looking at the scale stuff, right? I, I definitely have hardened scales in a bunch of different languages because I just have like a lot of KTK stuff. I have Sagas. I don't have Ink Moth Nexus or Soul Cauldron, and those are pretty expensive. Yeah, those are pretty mandatory, too. And and Gemstone Caverns. I don't have those. Those are absurd, too. They are. The two cards I bought recently that like really shocked me were Gemstone Caverns and Chalice of the Void. Oh, I bought Chalices when I played 8-cast. Yeah, I just, I was shocked. I, although I think... Your brother maybe took one of my chalices. He did. He did give you money for it, though. He did. But now I now only have three chalices. For, I think for that's that. good. I think the average deck plays two or three. Uh, except for eight cast. Well, eight cast is not a deck now that Bowmaster's a card. So we've moved on from that. I, I, I have more of a problem with like all, everyone playing meltdowns and null rods more Fair. so than Bowmaster. Fair. It's just still maintain, still maintain that Bowmaster is not that good against you, but uh, Bowmaster I, decks might be though, because the, the the Bowmaster decks tend to be ones that play the those other cards you named. Yeah, so when I played Acast, I played against Bowmaster round one, and it was out of like aggro loam. Oh, well, that was not very scary. No, no. What about Soul Cauldron? That's a card neither of us own, and I think those are like pretty absurdly expensive too. 40 or they're, 50 bucks. Yeah, they're very expensive and very good and should probably get them at some point. But this is like a birthing pod kind of situation, man, where I'm just like, I'm never going to learn how to do this. So who cares? Yeah, I don't know if it's as complicated as birthing pod, but I'm with you there. Of like, you either go all in and this is the thing you do or you don't. Yeah, I'm a weirdo graveyard creature plus one plus one counters, dude. And it's like, I I don't think I am. Yeah. Yeah, I had a few friends ask me about like Amulet Titan of like if I thought it was a good deck and if they should play it. And I was like, I don't know, from my perspective, Titan's not a deck. It's a it's a lifestyle. Yeah, it is. Right. You, so you just kind of you have to kind of like look at them sideways and just be like, are you the right type of weirdo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. It's not a deck you play. It's who you are. 
Yeah. I agree with that. I think I could dabble because I, I dabbled uh, with that deck. I, and I, I mean, I basically played that deck in a pro tour also. It was a very bad version of the deck, but I, I played it nonetheless. Yeah, sure. But you're somebody who's averaged like more matches of Magic in a year than most of these people have played in their lifetime. Oh, God. That's probably true, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. You know, we these are people that like, you know, my friends, I really want them to win. I want I, I want to see them succeed. So I want to give them decks where, you know, you want to cast your cards on curve. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, just try and try and give them the easy mode version of things, you know? Yeah, or like I not necessarily easy mode. Like I and I guess easy mode is literally what I'm just saying. But it's well, more like, like a deck that plays out like limited. Yeah, right? like ob- obvious mode. Yeah. But like, like that ends up being easy mode, I think. Where you're like your baseline strategy is to like be efficient with your mana and, you know, play your instants and your tricks at the right times and like, you know, generally curve out and just do normal magic things. Um, yeah, what you don't want is a deck like Scales, which I think is the deck that has spawned the most spot the lethal screenshots in the last month or whatever that I've seen out of any deck in modern. <laughs> That's fair. I, I think scales intuitively on the surface looks easier than Titan to me because while like maximizing it and playing it 100% might be really difficult, like you you are still like these baseline concepts of like play your spells on curve, spend your mana efficiently is what you want to be doing. It's then, you know, what it all adds up to is a pretty complicated puzzle. Yeah, I... I definitely feel like I am going to miss some lethals if I play scales. Yeah, uh, but uh, if you miss the lethals and then just kill them the next turn, it's irrelevant. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But yeah. I don't know. Modern modern's kind of scary, right? Like, oh, it's super scary. It is entirely possible that you just get killed instead, and you're like, oh, no, nothing I could have done, just got unlucky. Yeah, or whatever, and just like move on with my life. I will say, like Urza's Saga is one of my more favorite cards to play with, and. That's a very appealing thing. I am very used to playing with Saga. I think that Saga in decks like Amulet and Scales, I may mess up just because I may want to do certain things with it that might not be optimal in terms of like my draw or my strategy. Yeah, I, I think that at least from my side, doing that on the Titan side for sure, because like your primary MO with it is not to like make you know, constructs and extract value. It's to just like go get more amulets. Yeah. Just play play it on one, let it die, most yeah. likely. It's basically just an amulet on suspend. But the more grindy, hey, I'm trying to extract value out of this and like make a creature or two and then search up a good artifact. Like that's like more my jam. Yeah, I love that version of Saga. That was like all the Asmo decks I played. Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. I played a lot of like blue red control and legacy with four sagas. Yeah, I I didn't do that. Uh, but I'm not going to say I would recommend I, it, but yeah, I can appreciate it. Yeah, I had a good amount of success with it, but it was probably hard mode. All right, so other modern decks: hammer, living ends, coffers. Yo, know, I, I would mess around with coffers, and I've I've flirted with purchasing the cards for that, but again, they're just a little bit more money than I'm willing to invest into a deck like that. Yeah, like literal coffers. Yeah, it's like a twenty. I, I was like, it's an uncommon. How expensive could it be? Oh, dude, it used to be like fifty. Yeah, I think it's twenty. I'm gonna look at the graph for. Oh no! All right, so it was 
70 for almost a year. And then it spiked to 150, but pretty quickly came back down. $150? Yeah. Is that like a commander thing? Like, I just don't understand. I mean, it, it was always expensive even before commander just because of like broad casual appeal, right? Yeah, you can do kind of cool things with it. I mean, I was well, playing it in standard. In, in and, theory, and- like <laughs> realistically you die, but it's 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 about the dream, right? It's like this could add like 30 mana. Yeah. Listen, I was playing it in standard before Orberg was a thing and I was casting Mirari and then corrupt and copying it. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. I was like, that's fine. Nice, honest mono black. Yeah, exactly. Just pumping my my Nentuko shade. Yeah. Know? Mind Sludge, my opponent. Mind Sludge was a heck of a card, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, I played Mind Sludge in the Zendikar block PT. You well, like that's that? quite a few years later. Yeah. Probably didn't last very long. Me? Yeah. No, I made day two. Oh, okay. I think I lost playing for money. I also, so there are like three rounds where I'm just like, this definitely should not have gone down this way. And I feel like my tournament could have been a lot better. I feel like my deck was not that bad. But this is definitely a tournament where I flipped a coin to decide what deck I played. And then I was looking through someone's cards to find stuff that I was missing. And I came across the six drop OG Soren Markov. All right. And was like, well, this card's dope. I'm just going to add it to my deck. Just 61 cards. This is not like a good story to try to justify to me that your deck was good. Well, my my deck was so good that I almost cashed the tournament. (laughs) This is the story that like makes your opponent's life total 10. Uh, Yeah, if you want it to. Yeah, if that's the ability you choose. But mostly just like vicious hunger stuff and like is impossible to kill. Yeah. Dope card. Yeah. Would not advise, but you know, to each their own. Anyway, yeah, I mean, there there are plenty of like, quote unquote, good decks to play in that pro tour. But like, I don't know. What if you just want to mind sludge some people? Yeah. Um, What about beans without cascade? Is that still a deck that's on your radar? And do you think there's any merit to doing that? If Well, do you would you want to ring or iteration in these scenarios? I think that's a valid question. Let's say either. Do you think there's like merit to playing beanstalks without cascading at this point? And if so, like what circumstances would lead us there? So I don't particularly like Teferi Time Raveler still. However, I do recognize that it has the potential to be quite good in mirror matches where you are both cascading. Yeah. Right? So if that were the case, if everyone who was playing Omnath had four Teferis and say, like, I was not interested in playing, like, all the Force Negations and Commandeers and whatnot, then, yeah, maybe I should not be cascading. I don't know. Like, I think, like, what do you get if you don't cascade? It's basically Lightning Bolt, Prismatic Ending, and Renin Six. Yeah, and I I don't even really like Ren Six to be honest. Yeah, I don't think anybody does at this point. But I mean, I like it as a card. It is a thing that kind of like helps you keep Bowmaster under control. But I think just cheaper spot removals are more effective at doing that. Yeah, and like if you're not cascading, I think it probably still ends up in your deck. But I don't think you're very happy about it. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's mostly there. I mean, it's there, I guess, as a, a thing to pitch to Fury. So that's one avenue. But it is there to help ensure you hit your land drops. But Beanstalk and the land cyclers just do like a much better job of that to the point where it's like, I would play two Ren and Six, maybe. Yeah. Interesting. I wouldn't play a lot, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It was a thought that crossed my mind. I quite enjoyed that deck a little bit right before the Cascade deck became a thing. And it kind of just disappeared. Yeah, I, d I don't think that Ring is particularly good. And then I think if you're doing the iteration stuff, you are probably going to get beat up by people who are Cascading or Ringing, just like going harder than you in yeah. a lot of instances. And I, I don't really like being in that place, you know? Yeah, I, I agree if like 4C is like actually like a, you know, prominent part of the metagame that like this is definitely the weakest version any of the mirrors. But like, I don't know, doesn't exactly seem to be dominating the format the way everybody talks about it like it was. No, that's true. But I don't know if you look if you look at Goldfish, it it doesn't look like it's that big, but Omnath has two separate categories. So yes, it's, when we it's, add them together, it's almost like the second most popular deck to scale. It, it is. It's 11% versus like Yawgmoth's 6.7. Yep. And again, this is a little wonky because it's like winner's metagame or whatever, right? Yeah, so I switched Goldfish part. to the last seven days away from the default 30. Oh. And it falls off a cliff. Oh, no. Oh, Cascade is up there, though, 3.6. And then normal Omnath 2.1, that's 5.7. So tied tied with Yawgmoth, tied for fourth. Yeah. And, like, these are obviously relatively small sample sizes, but... Uh... No, nah, it's relevant, though. Yeah. I used to do this a lot, like, play, play with those toggles and see what was going on. And I honestly can't remember the last time that I did. And also, wow, last seven days, scam is 30%. Okay. That's a lot. It's a lot. And I would I would, I would, would wager, like, if we filter it by, like, only the more premier events and only the top eight, it, like, goes up. Well, right. Again, I mean, that's the winner's metagame sort of aspect of things. Yeah. But these are the day i mean i want to be like hedging to win my rounds later in the tournament right and then just like you know taking my chances in the early rounds yeah but when you switch to seven days and burn becomes number two living in becomes number three it's like oh well maybe these are things that i need to pay like a little bit more attention to yeah and living end with our solitude fury deck did not seem that bad but I am less sure that it's just like automatically a pretty solid matchup once you get rid of the additional elemental card because it feels like at that point you're sort of priced into stopping their living ends. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I think that like the average person would tell you that like the Force of Negation deck is going to be more favored against living end than the Fury version. But after the games that you and I played out and talking about it, I don't know that that's true. Well... I am I am off of Bloodbraid Elf completely, so yeah. I can play Force of Negation in either deck. Okay, we're just straight on three mana Cascaders, so that's appealing. Yeah. yeah, but the downside there is like we have less Teferis essentially when we don't have Bloodbraid. 
I mean, yeah, but I I still don't even think that like Teferi is great against them anyway. Yeah, if you can land one, it is, but it's like pretty difficult to resolve. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I would much rather just be throwing my elementals into the graveyard, making them take a little bit longer to living ends. And then while they're trying to build up, I am also building up and then maybe casting some time warps and then killing them with a Jace. That does sound fun. That sounds way better. Yeah. Uh, And to that end, I don't think that I'm going to play a card in my sideboard like a chalice or a lavinia or whatever that because i just i want to cascade into beans against them at least with the fury version yeah i think that lines up and makes sense oh like uh (laughs) i i should have brought this up at the beginning but uh ixalan is legal this weekend yeah you want my fun story for the week sure in this vein so i um for the first time in, in recent memory, don't actually have like a constructed event in my near future that I'm like thinking about or preparing for. Okay. So I'm trying to figure out like, how do I scratch my magic itch and like stay engaged? And I was like, oh, it's been a while since I've like played a whole bunch of a limited format. Like I wonder when the next set comes out. Yeah, literally this weekend. Yeah. Do you want to know how I figured it out? How? The Star Cities this weekend. Yeah. i literally connected the dots by figuring out oh you're going to pittsburgh that means this is pre-release weekend it is pre-release weekend i don't know what that means for the arena release date yeah i think it's like the following after this right so i need to survive one more weekend or whatever okay um and i'll dabble a little like listen i i'll play challenges and anything right um it's just unique for me to not have a format to think about so I'm uh I'm planning on hopefully this limited set and format is fun because um I might consume a good amount of it. Okay. Yeah, it's normally I can look at a format and uh be able to gauge whether or not it's like pretty fast or not and if it is pretty fast, I'm I'm pretty interested. And this one has some things that makes it look like it could be, but then a lot of other stuff where I'm like Oh, I don't I don't think that this is fast at all. It's surprising for me to hear you say that like the speed being really fast is makes you more interested. It's not because that makes for a better limited format. It's that I know that my the 10 drafts that I'll do of the format are going to be very fun for me. Oh, sure. Cuz yeah. I'm just going to pick like the most kind of like balls to the wall, like low curve, lot of one drops type of stuff and just like try and mess people up. And that's fun. And then I'll just stop. I'm not going to super prescribe to your definition of fun here, but you know, fun for me, fun for me. Yeah. I like limited formats where removal is good. I like to choose to draw. I like to go second. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I do too. That just hasn't happened in such a long time that I, I kind of forgot that that was even distinctly a possibility. So fun fact, actually, um, I believe the qualifier on Saturday on Magic Online was limited. And I saw an interesting tweet. Let me see. I'm not really Twitter fluent. So give me a second. Waiting, waiting. I saw, I can't, oh, the guy who won the, who won the RCQ, the qualifier. Um, I have no idea. I didn't see it. 
Jan Merkel. Oh, nice. Choosing to draw the whole way. Wild. Ship ship a link. Presumably, JMM posts his, his deck list and whatnot. I mean, his deck looks fantastic, and the choose to draw comment is going to make a lot more sense when you see his deck. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, like a bunch of good two and three mana removal spells. A Necropotence. Two Rat Out, two Candy Grapple, two Feed the Cauldron. Wait, where where does he say that he chose to draw? Oh, I, it was a it was this link was sent to me and with a cho- choose to draw get rewarded comment. So I'm not sure where the contact was. Because yeah, I did I did see this deck. There was an arena open or a qualifier where uh, I had Necro in one of my decks and Joe made fun of me. And I I think that Necro is is pretty cracked. I just sent you the other link. Choose to draw with your sealed deck. And he said yes, and with the draft deck too. Yeah, and then Carl Seraps is choosing to draw with Necro in your deck, question mark? Yeah. I have been a very large prescriber of choose to draw unlimited when you don't know what you're doing aggressively. And then as you learn more, like maybe that's not an advisable strategy, but um, I don't know. I feel like you choose to draw they mulligan on the play once and you're just like, you feel like you won the game. Yes. And I think that it would be pretty easy with this deck for that to happen. Uh, like two rat out, two candy grapple, two feed the cauldron, uh, only two four drops, and then virtue persistence, which is another like choose to draw. Yeah, rankles crank in the draft deck, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, so like two cards that cost more than three, basically, in the whole thing. And a lot of incidental life gain from various foods. There's an Archon's Glory, a Cursed uh, Courtier, or however you pronounce it, whatever. I mean, this, this deck is like very good and also very well built. Not surprising. Yeah, also not surprised. Uh, as for this draft deck, Rankle's Prank, okay. Also a rat out to Witch's Vanities. Like, yeah, okay. I mean, does does definitely have enough stuff to make it viable. I'm just not sure that I would do it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a fan. I'm not going to say I would recommend others do it, but... Look, Jan won his first Pro Tour. It was a limited Pro Tour. Person in general is just very smart. And... Oh, go one more screenshot over in his tweet. In the finals, the person is tilting off at him in the chat. Oh, I didn't see this one. And he rants at him a bunch of nonsense and says, I hope you will 0-4 at the Pro Tour, lucky noob. And he says, I've already won plenty of Pro Tours. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And and opponent says, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just top notch. Such a lucky noob, so not deserved, starting second versus aggro, mall to five. And now you have the random nuts with completely random cards, Titanic Growth. I hope you will go for the PT Lucky Noob. Yeah, wonderful. 
it's a good, uh, you know, like capstone screenshot <laughs> to, to end that tweet. Very it's nice. top notch. Yeah. Anyway, uh, have you looked at the cards in the set then? Only a tiny bit, and I was actually resisting because I wasn't sure if we were going to do like a read through or a preview episode. So the the short answer is no, no. I, I've isolated myself from it somewhat deliberately. Okay, well, I uh, I mean, you you have my permission to go ahead and look. Uh, I assumed that we were going to have enough stuff to talk about that we weren't going to have to go through and like talk about previews or whatever. I did go through and write down some cards that I was interested in, but uh, wasn't ever planning on doing anything specific with it, you know? Fun. But but my question is, are any of these playable in modern? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not going to be on your level to have that conversation, but I, if you want to point a few out to me, I'm more than happy to uh, explore. Was that a pun? Puns aren't allowed. Puns no, are that was not a pun, but it might have come out that way. All right, have you seen this white unearth? No. It is dub, sorcery, return target creature with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Okay, so it's like unearth. Yeah, white unearth. But uh, people mentioned like, oh, there's a white unearth in the sets. And I went and looked at it and I was tilted because it doesn't work in Pioneer Greasefang. Because your homie is tapped, and then he can't crew. Oh. It's messed up. Well, or it's really smart design. Well, yeah. I don't know if that's intentional. I mean, either way, like, recursion and, like, immediately having a blocker and stuff. It's like, I, I understand why they would do tapped otherwise, but in terms of Grease Fang stuff straight up, it is very good that they did this text, I think. Yeah. Or just switching it from mana value three to power three. Uh, I mean, unearth was always mana value. Yeah. Power three, like, might be kind of cracked, actually. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm going to draft a bunch. I wish I could draft this weekend, but I guess I'll wait a week. Well, you could go to your local game store, participate in a pre-release. Yeah, I'll wait a week. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I'm getting out there and like going to pre-releases or whatever. So yeah, and like, listen, all, in all seriousness, like if I had a bunch, a couple of friends go into a pre-release and they were like, "Hey, come do the pre-release with us or whatever," I, I certainly would, right? But I only get so many weekends away from the family and all that, and I'm not gonna, you know, use one of my, you know, escape cards to uh, on a pre-release. Yeah. Oh, okay. Actually, there was one card. Because I uh, obviously went through and like built the scam deck list and wrote down a sideboarding guide for Josh already. I did that today. And man, he gets world class treatment. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I changed very little from Robin and Victor's list. And then I had to change very little from their sideboarding guide as well. But just their, their, just their plan against Burn. What? Yeah, that did change. Yeah. But uh, Molten Collapse, RB, Sorcery, choose one. If you descended this turn, you may choose both instead. Destroy target creature or planeswalker or destroy target non-creature, non-land permanent with mana value one or less. Yeah, so I did read this card. Strong. Yeah, so, you know, Dreadbore with bonus, right? Uh, Say 
I wanted a third terminate in my sideboard. How egregious is it if I try to have this instead of the third terminate? I don't think it's egregious. I don't think it's that crazy. I mean, instant source. Yeah, it doesn't sound crazy to me. I mean, descend is a thing you can trigger reasonably easily. Yeah, there's nine fetches. And there's definitely real value in destroying non-creature permanence. Like, just like against like hammer or something random, like that's quite a bit better than terminate. Yeah, I think hammer, amulets, and scales are the three where it's like this looks potentially pretty good. Like against scales and hammer, it seems quite a bit better. I mean, you could make the argument against hammer, at least the instant speed might be more valuable. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's the instant, the sorcery speed is definitely a, re a reasonably big cost, but this is like Coligan's command a pretty good amount of the time too. Yeah. Right. So I think I would rather have all of these in my deck over terminates against hammer in a vacuum, but like there's certainly going to be situations where that punishes you. Right. But Pioneer is like where my first reaction went when I read this card and like specifically against um, Black Red Sack, just like having the other Black Red decks having ways to kill permanents that they aren't typically able to deal with is annoying. Yeah. And I, I think we found out that if you just kill their ovens, they, they fold pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they printed another card for Black Red Sack, right? Didn't they print another copy of um, the the Sack something draw to? I mean, you make a map. Yeah, not exactly ideal. I was more just like, you know, your biggest feedback was not enough Sack outlets. It's not necessarily exactly what you'd be looking for, but it is more. <laughs> well, my lists were usually playing three Deadly Dispute and two Village Rights. Okay. So I guess so, you're already not on four there. So you're not, this is not something you're interested in at all. Yeah. And I would maintain uh, playing village rights over this card too. So. Yeah. And I, I guess that makes sense. Just like diversifying. Yeah. Or just being cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. And at, like at the point where you're going to have more than four, just like having some amount of distribution is almost always going to be better. Yeah. In terms of modern, I think that's it. There's like, the white artifacts, uh, like banishing light type of thing. But I don't know. I don't really know where that goes. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it like randomly gets played, right? What it, it destroys creature enchantment planeswalker and they get two map tokens. No, not that one. Uh, Dusk Rose Reliquary. Uncommon, I think. Yep. Nah. It's just cheap. I mean, it's not really that cheap, though. You need food to sack. Yeah, but it's like assuming that you are a deck that can make random stuff or you want to sack like your hanger back walker or whatever, then yeah, this, you know, this is completely reasonable. That's fair. But I think that's it. I hope I'm not missing anything because that'd be awkward. But that was like my only concern where it's like, oh, yeah, this is another pre-release weekend kind of thing. And I guess I do have to think about this stuff when previously I haven't been thinking about it at all. Yeah, it's weird. Beanstalk from the last set, it, 
it was a card that was on everyone's radar and everyone was like, oh, maybe this card will be good on in modern. But I don't think anybody correctly predicted how good it might be. Well, I thought it would be good in Omnath, but I was also on creativity at that point. I was like, oh, I'm not going to go back to this Omnath crap after I had a bad experience the weekend before, you know? Yeah, or the tournament fair. before. Yeah. So, I don't know. I was I was pretty happy to beanstalk after that, but uh, that was only after I had played, like, creativity against the beanstalk ones and was like, okay, well, this deck is dead again. <laughs> It is what it is. So three modern events, three bullets, and no no limited events then. Well, I mean, there's pre-releases all weekend, but yeah, there's no 5Ks or anything. Yeah, there's not actually any like RCQ invite, RC invites being given through a limited tournament? No, there are uh, Pioneer RCQs Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Hmm. That's unfortunate. I feel so like that is the other thing I could do in theory is play Pioneer. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you want to like start preparing or thinking about it for Atlanta. But I would rather so it, it just Pioneer specifically just feels like work. Yeah, you know? I agree. And I would much rather play modern and kind of have fun than do work. And then I can do work at home. It's fair. You could convince Josh to play Pioneer, so that way that you get to play Scam. <laughs> that would be a dick move. I Not if he actually wants to. If you manipulated him and lied to him, sure. But if you're just honest about the situation, I don't well, think it's a dick move. Like, some people like, like Pioneer, man. I feel like that's the only way that he is going to get convinced that he wants to is if I have something to do with it, and then it feels shady. Well, maybe you just like know he really likes Arclight Phoenix or something. And like that's I, just like his jam. I do have most of Phoenix built. Uh Phoenix is not his jam. Uh I have most of Grease Fang built, which does get a lot of new cards from the set, actually. And well, not a lot, but like one that is very impactful, I think. And uh I also have Racto Sacrifice stuff, which Sho has played before. But I don't think I would in good conscience hand any of those off to him and be like, all right, buddy, go have fun, you know? No, it would be more like he you mention it and he gets excited about one of them. Well, I wasn't planning on bringing them, but I should probably bring a Pioneer deck, I suppose, just in case. Can't hurt. Like, what if I, what if I bust out on Saturday... Cho's killing it. This thing starts at 9 a.m. on Saturday. And then the Pioneer thing starts at 1 p.m. Oh, yeah. You definitely need to bring a Pioneer deck. I mean, or I could take a nap. Yeah, but like maybe you're, you know, you got the juices flowing and you're ready to go. You don't have to play. It's just, it's not a lot. It's not like you're getting on an airplane. No, but. The opportunity uh, cost of 75 cards here is very low. We're not going so super far out of our way. We're not, but I am carrying my luggage, right? It's like sure, five days of luggage. Well, yeah. we talked about you talked about bringing your entire modern collection, so I don't, I don't know. 
I don't buy this. Also, I, like, ne- I could- never said I was bringing my modern collection. I said I'm bringing Scam and Beans because all the other decks look like garbage. Well, you said you were going to bring other modern cards so that you can pivot if need be. I'm going to bring the additional 30 cards to switch oh. to like Fury Beans. Got it. Got it. So you can That's pivot it. there. Well, you could flip the roles here of like, what if you're crushing it and Cho doesn't do well? You want to have a Pioneer deck so that oh. he can play the one o'clock. Yeah, that'd be so sad. He just like scams himself. Yeah. Or no, I I make him switch so that I can have scam, and then he plays beans and gets crushed, and then just has to sit there. Yeah, could be. Well, okay, so what should I do for Pioneer? From your um, your outside perspective, what do you think? I mean, it's hard to argue with Phoenix at this point. It's been doing well and is a deck and a strategy that I enjoy. But if I was playing in an event like an RC tomorrow, I would just be playing Rakdos, and that's it. And this is mid or sack? Just mid. All of these Rakdos mid decks are a pile of really crappy three-drop creatures. Yeah, I don't think they're necessarily built particularly well. But like, and like, listen, the average like winning percentage of this archetype is never good. But like, all of my close friends just like always do well with it. Like I, I played like the Pioneer, like Chase Kovac was playing the Pioneer uh, challenge on Sunday and I just watched him crush everybody. He like lost in top four like late at night. And he was just like, every game he played was close, but he just won all of them. All right, and, I'm, I'm, I'm clicking around. I see that Papa Willie has a 5-0. I'm looking at Willie's list. Uh, it's slightly better than everyone else's, but I still don't love it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could do this. Two Croxa. Two Croxa seems not great. It's a good card, man. I think it's a really bad card. Yeah. If you discard it to a blood or a fable, it's pretty good. I agree with that. He also has two Lilianas. That makes sense. That's just good deck building. How do you feel about the end? Willie is very smart. I don't like the end very much. Okay. But uh, I, I guess there are maybe some matchups where... The extraction is is pretty good. I don't. I mean, it does just like natty exile too. So it's like, yeah, I would imagine like, like troll and cavalier. But yeah, against green, I would imagine it's good. I would imagine like even in like mirrors, tagging a shieldred seems pretty strong. I guess it is or planeswalker, right? So you do just get like all their cards or whatever too. Yeah. Yeah. Another one in the sideboard. A lot of lot of the ends in this list. I really don't like. One Archfiend of the Dross, two Shieldred. Yeah, but I will say, like, everybody always raves about Archfiend. I don't really get, like, how you actually split the <laughs> difference between them and Shieldred, but, like... I tried Archfiend in green-black in standard. How many times did you kill yourself? Zero, but I also didn't play many games with it because I just thought that it was really bad. Yeah. I mean, having some amount of reach or ability to, like, step on the gas pedal and kill them quickly, I think is, like, probably important with a card like that. Yeah, that's why I did it, but didn't really didn't really work out that way, you know? Yeah. Also, Shieldred just kind of, like, does the same thing. Yeah. 
I, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, listen, if you play one of those cards and they don't kill it, it's you're probably in pretty reasonable shape. And Shieldred just seems a little bit safer there. I mean, Archfiend yeah. is maybe better against Cavalier. So I guess you got that going for you, but not sure how actually relevant that is. Yeah, I also feel like Green's been getting beat up on quite a bit in Pioneer. I haven't been paying a ton of attention, but I, I, I peek every week, and I don't know. It doesn't really seem like Green's been doing very well. I mean, it also feels like people are just kind of like splashing around because they're not really playing for anything, right? Well, this is like the RC format right now, right? So, like, there's been RCs. Yeah, but I feel like people have already qualified or uh, they're just, like, not planning on playing. Got it. I mean, even if we go to the RC results from, like, last week, I feel like a lot of these patterns are similar. Yeah, I this is definitely true where there's, like, there's definitely not a lot of green in, like, the top 64s even, but there's also not a lot of, like, Rakdos mid-range in those top 64s. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I saw like the winning percentage stats from a few of the RCs and mid range got crushed. It looked like everything just got crushed from the the stats I looked at. Which <laughs> I don't really understand how that's possible, but everything won forty percent of their matches. Yeah, like, all the uh, top decks like did not win a lot, and then like all of the decks that were underrepresented had over fifty percent win rates, which is just like never something you see. Yeah, I will say that I do like these Phoenix builds that are just getting away from the temporal trespass nonsense. Yeah. Uh, Cause th- this is, this is how I like to build Phoenix, you know? And it's like, obviously sleight of hand helps with that to some degree. Um, yeah. It's a lot cleaner. Picklock prankster is it's fine. It's whatever. Still not a fan of shredder instead of thing in the ice, but Oh, well. Yeah. If you want to be blocking, right. But on the whole, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely with you on thing in the ice. I just want a thing that is better against creature decks. And I don't know. Shredder is just like pretty small ball and thing in the ice gets you out of kind of impossible situations. You know, it just like does things that no other card in your deck could possibly do. Yep. You don't got to convince me on this one, man. Well, got to, got to convince a lot of people apparently. Yeah. I told you just like, playing with shredder in real life gives me anxiety oh yeah that too right i've just never been more afraid that i'm gonna miss a trigger in my whole life yeah it's a big trigger too yeah it's important and like your opponent's spells on your turn or like a lot of weird ones just like don't jump out at you yeah god forbid you like do something in your upkeep and like forget about it yeah weird stuff but I, I don't know. I could, I could bring Phoenix with me and just, I don't know, break in case of emergency or whatever. Break Listen, man, it's like emergency. a bag of chips in your bag, okay? It's not, it, 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 we're not talking about a big cost. I mean, if I decide to bring a deck, then it's like, well, maybe I should bring a second deck too, you know? It's just, it gets out of control. No, nah, bring one. You could bring 80 cards. But what if... What, what if, if I end up regretting not bringing the other one? Yeah. Listen, pack, bundle a few up and just pick one at random. You don't well, even have to look at what I'll, it is until you need it. Then I'll definitely have regrets. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Phoenix, huh? I mean, Phoenix Phoenix would be fun. I have not, 
I've not burbed anyone in a while. And I did uh, order, I think, all the cards I need. Yeah, there's not a ton of new ones in there. So you should have them. No, there are new ones in here. What do you mean? Really? I have all the cards, so I can't imagine you don't. Have you seen the new list? Like Picklock Prankster and like Otherworldly Gaze and oh, stuff? Oh, sure, sure, sure. But yeah, not rares though. No, not rares, but that arguably makes it worse. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Just buy a few packs. Dude, I'm not doing that. <laughs> also, I'm not sure if like people will have packs for sale, but uh Well, they will. They'll just be of the new set. Yeah, which doesn't help me. Yeah. And I don't think there are any Phoenix cards in the new set. Could be wrong about that. Yeah. I I will say if if people think I am blowing it and I'm forgetting about some new set card, please let me know. But uh I I was also just missing some of the lands that came out in the last like four years, right? It's like random pathways and Storm Carve Coast and stuff. Yeah, they're probably good cards to own, but. Oh, I agree. I just hadn't bought them because I was like, you know, why would I? But uh, over over the last couple tournaments, I got uh, four Phoenixes because I sold mine when they're pretty high because I'm, I'm a genius because now they're like $2. Uh, and I guess last time I went on a buying spree, they must have had two blue red pathways because I own two of them, but I don't own four. Yeah, I think. Oh, wait. Huh? Did, did oh, we get oh. secret layer phoenixes? Oh God, no. Oh. Do they do they look cool? No, nah, they're not that great. Are you lying to me? Are they Dan Hip Arclight phoenixes? <laughs> they're not Dan Hip, but <laughs> they're not they're not the best secret layer. I played against someone on Snap who had the screen name "My Hips Don't Lie." Oh my god, I love it. I can't believe you didn't screenshot it. Oh, I did. I just sent it to someone who is not you. <laughs> I sent this to someone else who I know hates Dan Hipart. <laughs> I have a couple of exclusively Dan Hip variant decks now. So Yeah, theirs was close. Theirs yeah. was very close. Don't you dare send that crap to me. <laughs> I will block you. <laughs> Listen, I'm not they're not universally good. Just like the good ones are great. I mean, if you think that they're good. I'm happy for you, but I don't want to see him. Fair. Arc Have you missed Marbled at all? Secret Lair. No, I haven't. I got on today. I did my quests, and uh, I did buy the Battle Pass, but I wasn't trying to brew a, you know, ongoing Spectrum nonsense. So yeah, it's a complicated card. You you can't just throw that one in the deck. Yeah. Uh these these look kind of nice. I don't know. Looking at the Phoenix secret layers. Yeah, they're not the worst. They're just like, I I like the secret layers that are pretty aggressive. And this one's more tame. Do you have the godless shrines that are just like a sphere? I have one of them. Well, right. I mean, how, how many do you do? Right? Yeah. So I guess yes is the answer. Yeah. Just like, what the hell is that? I don't understand. And also, why is that a magic card? Why is that allowed? What, the godless shrine? Yeah. The one that's a planet? Yeah. It's a planet, dude. When you have it next to all the other cards that are planets, it just looks nice. It's thematic. What is this even from? 
Oh, Unfinity. Oh my God. Yeah, they are all planets, aren't they? It was just yeah. like, I, I saw this one specifically and it's just like a blob. And it's just like, how is this a godless shrine? Have you seen the One Rings? No, there are more of them. Oh my God. Look up the One Ring. Is it, what is it, a secret layer or something? Yeah. It might be like oh my God. Universe Beyond, I think it is, but it's, I don't know what the difference is, but it, it is, I think it's fantastic, but oh, I- Oh, it's like the gross, like, metal one oh, or whatever, yeah. or like Mushroom Trip. Yeah, yeah, Mushroom yeah. Trip is exactly the right way to describe this. Yeah, I don't like those. I don't like those at all. Yeah, and I, while I enjoy them, I totally acknowledge that these are not reasonable things to push on everybody, but- Yeah, dude, it should not be legal. Yeah, I don't know. You remember the the GP Snoopy Goif? Jason Ford and the Snoopy Goifs? No. I don't know. Just Tarma Goifs that had like Snoopy in the art box instead of Tarma Goif. Okay. And everyone was mad. Okay. It's just Dan Hip variants, man. Yeah, basically. But like in every other game, everybody's fine with it. And I get for like the coverage arguments or whatever. But yeah, like, it does, doesn't make it right, you know? Well, not only in every other game is it like more socially acceptable, it's not even debated. I just think it is weird that there was a point where it was like, oh, alters that obscure the text box are not legal because they are unrecognizable or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then they start right? printing cards that are just like wildly unrecognizable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll it's agree like, with so, uh, did that. Did that alter rule change? No, 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 no. No, nope, that's you still, can only play there. the egregious ones that we make. Yeah. I just don't get it. But I whatever. would agree with the hypocrisy there. And listen, I'm all for like making the game more friendly for newer players and all of that. But like, it's kind of like the opposite narrative in a lot of these other games that like some of these other different skins or artworks is actually like the appeal for other people. And I I think it is fine, like in in the early days, like him to Turok has a few different arts or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's kind of cool, right? And it's like a few cards very sporadically and if it's like not art a then it's art b and that's fine but at this point we've had three different printings of shocklands right so there's already three different ones out there and then you're talking about just like make it a whole bunch of new ones like there's the expedition ones and like whatever like you know how many different like stomping grounds are there i'm actually gonna look yeah i mean i don't know i don't have a huge problem with that because like i feel like they're pretty like when you're playing a game, it doesn't feel weird. The ones that I it find does, like though. the ones I find like criminal are like the Dryad Arbor that just like doesn't look like a Dryad Arbor. Like that well, stuff's like yeah. not cool. That one's obviously bad. Okay, so there is an Unfinity, a secret lair, uh, Ravnica remastered. Which okay, I guess there's like a borderless one that is different. So one two will count OG. And then the the borderless one is a different art, so that's four. How many don't look like they tap Five, for red green? Six. <laughs> There's a magic online promo. I see eleven. Yeah, it's, it's like nine different it's, arts. Yeah, it's not eight or nine. If you like flex border and art or whatever, there's there's I think. Okay, so how many of them tap for red-green? Cool, but, like, how many of them look like 
they could be Grove of the Burn Willows or Copperline Gorge or Wooded Foothills or whatever, you know, like that, that is also a problem. It's not like it's the only land that taps for red green, right? Yeah. I, I get know. that Dryad Arbor is a very specific case and you, you should actually just have your wizard card revoked if you ever put that in your land row period. I agree. I couldn't agree more. But whatever. Tango from Chalklands is a lot, man. I think, yeah, if there's like two or three, that's cool. And we were at that point and it was cool. And now we have ballooned to nine. And it's I mean, no longer cool. How many lightning bolts are there? We're like, I'm sure there's a card that I can't think of right this second that was printed a whole bunch of times before 2010 that has a bunch of different arts that none of the boomers ever complained about. Again, lightning bolt had like two arts for the longest time. Yeah. Maybe that's not the best of examples. Because it was like the OG and then the corset reprint, right? And then there are two Mystical Archive ones. Oh my God, there's 47 secret layers. Yeah, there's five different secret layers. Six? But one, one's like the old artwork, I guess, of so five still. And to be fair, most of them are like literal just lightning bolts. Most of them. Not all of them. Yeah. They clearly are all burn spells, though. They look like, and that's, again, like, kind of my whole thing. It's like, they look like what they are. I think the OG one, and then the corset reprint, and then when it got put into Modern Masters, it was the corset art, you know? Yeah. All that was fine. So I I Googled this to try to, like, find a card that had been printed a bunch. The most reprinted card ever. Do you want to guess what it was? Oh, uh, like most reprinted card ever, I don't know. But like Counterspell is a good example of this where it had a bunch of different arts. Yep. And they're all like pretty nonsensical. Yep. So is that the card? No, but you can, you will be able to guess what the card is. I don't know, like Disenchant Brainstorm. Evolving Wilds. Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, all those, all those do look kind of the same, but yes. I'm not saying that that's, that's a good thing, but also it's not like in in the terms of red-green dual lands, there's a decent amount of them. It's not like there are a lot of different like Evolving Wilds type of things and Evolving Wilds, unless your opponent blows it, uh, doesn't really last more than a turn. So, hmm. 46 times Evolving Wilds has been printed according to this website. That seems like a high number, but... That's a lot, but how many are? It's like five? Yeah, I don't know. I, I would imagine that 46 number includes like all like the random starter packs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Commander decks. Yeah. Oh, there are so many more than five. There's at least 15, maybe 25. That's a lot. That's pretty There's funny a- considering it's like relatively new and is the second version of it. Like Terramorphic Expanse was the first one, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. You you are uh, an awful person. You should feel bad for your planet, Godless Shrine, that is definitely not godless or, nor a shrine. I don't, and I enjoy it. All right. Uh, so you're not you're not going to anything this weekend. Are you going to be free if I if I message you? Are you going to respond? Um, yes to the first question. Uh, can't reliably say yes to the second one, but if I'm around, I will. Is it better if I text you or Discord you? Oh, text is always going to be better. I don't have okay. Discord on my phone. Like, I don't have alerts turned on. So, like... Oh. Yeah. 
Okay. That might be like the secret to my ability to respond. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I don't know. Might have uh, some friends over, might play some games and watch some football. Um, there were some talks about maybe like me handing out some modern decks for some RCQs the following weekend. So I said, if you want to take decks from me, you must come and spoil me with your company. So. Got him good. Yeah. Uh, have Have you played Watermelon Game yet? No, but I heard a stupid number of people randomly talking about it on Twitch streams all week. Good. It's freaking everywhere. Yeah, because it's awesome. Yeah, I might dabble there. But if I do, I, I won't tell you until I beat your high score. You don't know what my high score is. Oh, that's true. You said it last week, but you've probably surpassed that. Uh, I I brought it. I brought my Switch to the wedding. And... When you're when you're playing, it says like you are not connected to the internet or whatever, and so I figured that with no internet connection, I'd be able to like load it up, and I was trying to get people to play it and try it, right? Yeah. But when I go to start the game, it's like, yo, you're not connected to the internet. Your options are to cancel or to try and connect to the internet. It wasn't there wasn't like a play offline mode. Well, that's presumably funny. because it needs to like take your score and put it with the rest of your scores, right? But it's like, no, I don't care about that. Yeah. That's so it was kind of strange. But we ended up at an Airbnb after the wedding. Uh, I was going to go home, but I I could not get an Uber. Uh, so instead, I was stuck there. And then I had to have Todd drive me to like a nearby actual town instead of like the random, I don't know, just like farm village we were in for the wedding. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I got some people to play it and some people had already played it, which is great. Big fan of those people. And then I, I feel like I, I addicted some folks, which is also good. Yeah. Nothing like getting them hooked. Dude, I love it. It's good. And I know that they'll have fun with it. So yeah, well, when it's something that you're already really good at, this kind of makes you a shark. Where You don't play heads up. And I I said that I am probably not very good at it. I was just simply better than a lot of the people that I was watching. Have you interacted with anybody that you both know and has a higher score than you? At least one person when when I solicited scores on Twitter, at least one person had a score that was way higher than mine, but I also believe that she was playing on browser which doesn't have a lot of the same physics in the game, which makes it a lot easier. Yeah, not the same thing. So now I'm kind of curious to like play in browser and see if I could like beat that score, you know? Yeah. But I probably won't because I'm lazy. Um, yeah, I got I got a decent amount of magicking to do. I got to figure out my list for this weekend and... Maybe if I have some time, I will get the extra two QPs in case I ever need 40 for something. Who knows? And how do I figure out when those expire? Oh, I'm the wrong person to ask that. Okay. But also, like, we basically learned last week you can get them like candy. So. Yeah, but I I do have to sign up because, like, for example, if I got home Saturday night, went to bed, or even if I realized before I went to bed that I didn't have enough. It's not like I really would have been able to play a prelim before the thing, right? So I, yeah. I, I, you do kind of have to front load it a little bit. Yeah, I feel like that 
they usually have like a bunch of last chance qualifiers that are limited that you can register for with them. So there's like a way to dump them. Oh, okay. But I, I, I just need to like be home on those weekends, I guess. I, I mean, listen, after, especially after how boldly and strongly I challenged you on magic online format stuff last week, and it was just clearly wrong. Like you should not take me at my word at all here. So I don't think that you're wrong about this stuff. I think that it was just like a, a one-time deal or like maybe they, they had just changed it. Maybe now like those those qualifiers do only take QPs or something. I don't know. Well, I just didn't realize there was a such thing as a qualifier and a super qualifier and that they had different entry requirements. Yeah. And so I, I think, again, for like the other stuff, you're still very well informed. You know your shit. I'm going to take your word for it, but... Anyway, I'm looking at the schedule for this weekend and there's nothing, which is good, I guess, because I'm out of town. But It looks yeah. like the LCQs for the Moxes start on the 27th. Okay. that's The 27th and the away. 28th, I see a bunch of LCQs. And then it looks like the actual Moxes are... Yeah, I don't know. I would assume the week after that. The 27th is a Monday. So I'll, I'll MTGO update. Do you know this website? This is like the actual best site for me. That's what I'm on. Yeah. And it doesn't have good month views, at least not that I've found a way to do, but I filter it based on mock oh. LCQs. And oh, they have a dark mode. Oh, dark mode. Yeah. I just found dark mode. I'm so happy. I also have this enormous cat that just jumped on my lap and is now like bunting the hell out of the microphone. So I didn't hear it at all. So bunt harder. Oh, oh, if you click on the little information button in the top right, and then it says there is there's an I. Yep. And then it says this is there is a separate page with a link like two thirds of the way down. And now these are the showcase and box events. Yes. All right. So end of November is when they get deleted. It looks like. Yeah. November 29th. And it looks like, yeah, all types of events there. And this might still be the, this might be the last remaining format where you can play legacy and qualify for relevant things. Ooh. So maybe we dabble a little there, Thanksgiving week and the week after. Dude, I looked at legacy and it, oh, it looks like it's back to being a shit show. Yeah. Does that make it appealing? No. I like it way better when it's like 25% Delver. And then I just get to play some like salty garbage deck that just farms them. Yeah. Well, you're preaching to the choir there. Yeah. You know how it is. Anyway, this tab is great. This tab uh, solves all of my problems. Bookmarked. Uh, did you see what the URL for it is? Yes. <laughs> MCGUpdate.com slash Sandy Dog. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Don't know how or why, but God bless you, Sandy yeah. Dog. <laughs> I, I would imagine that he probably like tweeted at them asking for it or whatever. And they're like, here you go, bud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Subscribe to their Patreon and just said like, I would request this, please. Yeah. No, I love that. That's great. Just right, one anyway. other website where the easiest way to learn about magic online things or magic things is not the magic website. Yeah. As always. I mean... It, granted, it is like a daybreak thing now, but it's like you don't you don't go to wizards websites 
for anything Wizards affiliated, even though they have outsourced it at this point. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was asking you about the texting things. It's like I may I may send you updates and how I'm feeling and ask you your opinion on whether or not I should try and switch decks or add Furies or, or whatnot. So, oh, please do. I just want a, a sounding board of like someone who is knowledgeable and invested. I'm there. I am both of those things, especially if it is involving you trying to qualify for the RC. Yeah, I should probably do that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, because like you're qualified and, and Panic just qualified too. Yeah. So it, would, it would be nice. Yo, we got a crew, go- all the Boston crews going either way. So you're going to okay. be there either way. All Denver, right, second week of February. Who doesn't want to go to Denver in the middle of the winter? Uh, I mean, I've been to Denver playing Magic plenty of times. And I'm pretty sure it was during the winter every goddamn time. Yeah, it's probably when the convention center is cheap. Exactly. So, uh, you got anything else for me? Or are we done? Not Twitter. Tw- I want the Twitter feed of uh, your uh, status updates as well. Mm, yeah. I mean, I generally only start those threads if there's like stuff happening, you know? Yeah, well, there is. You're taking a train. You're 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 crewed up with Josh Joe. There's going to be some shenanigans. I don't know what they are yet, but there will be. Maybe, but you know, I don't know if the the mine and show stuff lends itself well to being tweeted about. Fair. Well, if it feels right, do it. If it doesn't, maybe do it anyway. I've I've done it for like the last however many events. Like I have a streak going for sure. So I'm I'm gonna try and make it happen. You know. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, this this one honestly might be quiet. We'll see. We'll see. Good luck. Take it down. No promises, but game. Good luck.